second day of 2021. You're listening to WSB Radio. This is Green and Growing. Hey, I'm Ashley Frasca. Happy to be alongside you. A little bit of a chilly morning, but nothing like what we had last week. So we're starting the year off, right? The dogs had a huge win yesterday. That was an incredible game. I'm really sorry if you missed that against Cincinnati. They they put up a good fight, but oh my gosh, the last... I think I started really paying attention with six minutes and 39 seconds to go, and that was a heck of a game. So go dogs! Way to start the year off right. That was fantastic. I, I don't think I watched the conclusion of Alabama-Notre uh, Dame. No, I did. No, I did. We were talking about that, Jason. We were talking about Nick Saban's acceptance speech. Yes, I did see that. So a lot of good football, and there's more to come today. And then I guess January 11th is the playoff game. So, yeah, welcome to your new year. Glad you're with us starting year number two of the show. Believe it or not, I can't wait. A lot of big things in store for Green and Growing this year. Hopefully the pandemic will be kind of taken care of, squelched a little bit come spring when we can actually start being together and being out and going out discovering things together. I've got a lot of plans to take some field trips and then bring all of that back to you. So I'm super excited about that. Today's going to be an easy show. I know you're recovering from the holidays. Hopefully most of you don't have to return to work Monday. But if you do, we're going to take it easy on you this weekend. A couple of things I want to hear from you. You don't have to have a garden question to call today. Of course, if you do, you can still call. But I just want to have some conversations and see, take, take everyone's temperature and what the pulse is out there. Garden resolutions. You know, we all start off the year knowing... There's things we want to accomplish. There's things we want to do. But as far as just things in the garden, how are you going to take better care of the environment? How are you going to beautify your landscape? How are you going to be a responsible citizen and help keep pollinators safe and look out for the birds and all of these things in your environment? So I want to hear your garden resolutions and especially what you did last year that didn't work. And you're going to do it differently this year because you're not going to give up. You're not discouraged. You're going to give it another shot. And also what you got for Christmas. I follow a lot of really wonderful garden groups, Facebook pages and all that kind of stuff. And man, people were sharing just some really neat garden tools or flowers that they got. Some of the most thoughtful things from their grown children were, you know, special plants of some kind um, or just a tool to make gardening a little easier. So share some of that with us because that may be Good gift ideas for someone we love going forward. It doesn't have to be for Christmas. It could be for their birthday. And before we know it, it's going to be Mother's Day, Father's Day. So I would love to hear from you with all of those things. 404-872-0750. And then at the bottom of the hour, Walter Reeves did not party too hard on New Year's because he's going to be calling at the bottom of the hour. Winter pruning, that's a topic we could all use a little bit of help with. Um, Those are calls, of course, we get 12 months out of the year But what to be pruning this year and how lightly or how hard you can be pruning some things in the landscape and what you don't want to prune. There's definitely a group of shrubs, let's say, that you do not want to prune right now. So we'll kind of get into that and tell you why that is. And then a WSB meteorologist, Kirk Mellis, she's been on vacation. You've heard Brad Nitz a lot here the last couple of weeks. But he took some time to sit down with me. He's my celebrity gardener coming up at 7 o'clock. Really interesting guy to get to know. And, of course, such a close tie-in with what he does as a meteorologist. And we really need to pay attention to his forecasts to be able to plan accordingly out in the landscape. If we had big plans to do some outdoor project, he tells you it's going to rain. Or he gives you a heads up usually three, four days in advance of a hard freeze so you know what to do. And then uh, Pike Nursery coming up at 8.30. They have sponsored the show, carried the torch for years and years. 
and have continued on from the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter to now Green and Growing. And I so appreciate their their backing of the show and their help, too. I have a very good personal relationship with the folks at Pike, and they contribute a lot behind the scenes, and they help me a lot. But we're going to be talking about houseplants. So now is a cool time to get interested in houseplants. You're inside a lot more. You can look out for them. You can care after them. Um, you can even share them with others. There's easy, easy ways to propagate a lot of these plants. If you go over to someone's home and you see a house plant or something really cool that they've got, uh, they can give you a cutting. You're able to propagate it really easily. And I'm going to quiz one of their store managers on some house plants. And that's going to help your knowledge too, because so many plants have three or four different names. My goodness, it just depends geographically where you're at, colloquial name. Some people use the Latin name. So I'm going to quiz her and that may help you out if you hear us give the proper name. And then the colloquial name, you'll be like, oh, that's what that plant is. So that's that's coming up at 830. So all of that and more here for you for the next three hours, 404-872-0750 to get in to Green and Growing. And Santa Charlie calling from Florida. That's the number he dialed. And here he is. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and Atlanta, too. That's right. Yeah. So same New Year. We all struck midnight at the same time. What was Florida like? Uh. I guess as I I go to bed kind of early, whether no matter what's going on. Amen. <laughs> so, I did too. I had to get up at I'm two a.m. the next day. Well, you you are a quick study. I got to tell you that you you the best. Oh, Charlie, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean we've talked for years. You, do, you when, are. I mean, we've talked for years when you would call Walter with Walter's show. You just, you just took up real good on this show. I, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm I'm proud for you and proud for your parents because I know they're proud of you. <laughs> they are. They they are. And I mean, I really have them to thank if I think about it. You know, you had grandparents or you had an aunt and uncle or somebody in your life that really made an influence on you. And at the time when I was a kid, my parents did so much yard work that it was kind of like, ah, oh, I got to wake up early on a Saturday or Sunday and go help them in the yard. And I was an only child, so <laughs> they didn't have any other labor. It was just me. So, I mean, at, at the time, I wish I had paid more attention, but it seemed like a chore when I was 11, 12, 13 years old. But uh, them and then always hearing conversations my mom would have with her older sister in Texas. They would share plants. They would share experiences, things that Aunt Maureen was successful with in Texas that mom would want to try to grow here because she's a transplant from Texas. So yeah, uh-huh. you think back and kind of think who influenced you. And, and my parents definitely had a, a huge influence on me and tried so many different plants and I mean, had success with most of them because they took the time to care for them, you know? Yeah. I'm an only child too. It's it's rough. It's a rough life, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Well, so how can I help you today? Uh, well, you know about the other thing, but the other thing, I've been trying to set my, my sundial back an hour. Okay. <laughs> For the daylight savings time. That's right. It's tough to do, <laughs> it? Does it does work, kind of. It does work. But anyway, my pineapples, we had a freeze down here a couple of weeks ago, and the freezes down here don't, they're not like up there in Atlanta. They come in during the night and by eight thirty nine o'clock it's already 70 degrees but it did zap my pineapple plants i was going to put the stuff over them again have it so labor intensive to only get one little pineapple off of them and i'd had some experiments going on with it because they say you're supposed to take the pups off mm-hmm. and and put them in the ground so i left a pup on one of the plants just to see if it would come another pineapple off of the mother plant that it was on, yeah. but now they're all tanned looking out there. So I don't know. I figure I'm just going to start buying pineapples, eating them, and 
Well, you know, they are they are a fun one to try for sure. It is labor intensive to just get one pineapple and sometimes it doesn't even get to full size. I've got one. As a matter of fact, I had it out on the deck until about mid-November, I guess, and then I brought it in. And I was told by my mother-in-law who gave it to me, she potted it for me and gave it to me, to water from up above, you know, because in the natural environment, obviously the rain, so don't, you know, water down at the soil level. But I'm trying my my darndest to keep that thing alive this year. I swear I'm going to do it. And I bring it outside on sunny days. You know, here in Atlanta, sometimes we're still getting temperatures in the 60s, like maybe today. Um, So keep it in the sun for a couple hours and just try to make it happy. But the key is remembering to bring it back in. You know, I'll go lay in bed and go, oh, I didn't bring that aloe back in. So, yeah, so you had it freeze, which let's talk about that. They really, their growth starts to slow a lot once temperatures get below 60, which doesn't happen much down there, but it certainly does. So the the leaves are kind of a yellow-brown, right? Yeah. Okay. Most will probably survive uh, with growth from near the ground line. It's going to take months to uh-huh. produce new plants, but do cut off whatever's brown. Just take that all the way now, back to near the ground. Yeah, I would go ahead and do that because it's not doing the plant any good. If anything, it's just kind of wasting energy. So cut off the brown okay, as needed. Yeah. Because somebody down here, I, we bit the big book. Well, you saw those pictures and we got the, the elephant ears and those other things mm-hmm. planted and they uh, kind of got burnt up too, but the the people that installed them said, don't cut it back till there's no more freeze. Right. So we're going to kind of hold off, I guess, on that one. But you think we should or just go ahead and cut it back to the quick? Yep, I would go ahead and cut it back to the quick now and make sure, you know, to help it rebound how much you can. Keep it moist. Yeah. Keep that soil, you know, moist and all of that. Don't let it dry out too much because we don't want to stress it. And obviously, you know, stay ahead of it a little bit better about it. Protect from future freezes. But don't worry about it too much until about March. Charlie, do you fertilize it? Because that's about the next time it needs to be fertilized when it really starts to well, warm that, up. Well, well, they said after this and if you prune it, don't fertilize it because it'll start putting new growth out. Mm-hmm. If you get another freeze, it'll burn it. So we've hold off, held off on fertilizing it. Okay. Yeah, so, March March for you definitely should be the absolute safe safe time to go and fertilize. So wait till then to do it. But, yeah, cut off cut off what's brown. I mean, with the stuff that's still kind of yellow, wait and see. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's probably everything's drained from the leaves, but it wouldn't hurt. But if it's, it's on its way to brown, then, yeah. All right. I guess that uh, takes care of me. That's right. So you're all set for the weekend. Get up there, and uh, I'll, I'll be calling you from time to time throughout the new year. And, well, let uh, me ask you real quick. One New Year's resolution for you. What are you going to do different outside or different with some plants or something this year? Uh, I'm going to try my best to get some, some fresh cow manure to work into the sand. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. See, that's a good I take resolution. all my leaves and put them out there and, and till them in, mm-hmm. but I just need some, you know, I don't want to get horse manure because there's too many seed in it yeah yeah you got to be careful you really have to talk to the source of where you're getting it from to make sure there's no chemicals or anything like that yeah all right all right uh, it goes through the sand pretty quick down here so i bet yeah you don't miss this georgia red clay though do you no Mm -hmm. i don't miss about the only thing i miss about georgia's up in the mountains when it's in the spring or fall i mean yes the fall Fall, yeah october was fall yeah I don't like the spring. Too October much was great. <laughs> All right. Well, Charlie, Happy New Year. Tell the wife we said hello. And uh, tell Walter we said hello, too. I sure will here in just a little bit. In about 10 minutes, I sure will. Take it easy. Okay. All right. So 404-872-0750 to get in your garden call, your question. I want to know your resolutions. What are you going to do different? If it's something simple, let's all learn from it together. And what you got for Christmas? Go back to being a little kid when all your friends asked you the next day, what'd you get? What'd you get? I want to know. I want to be that little friend. I want to be that little kid 
asking what you got for Christmas that may be some cool garden tool or plant or something we need to know about. 619, we're going to take a break and check traffic and weather. We'll be back on WSB. Brad Paisley. But I can't place the song title. There's no I in beer. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. I got Jason with me behind the board. DeMarco screening your calls. 404-872-0750. You want to know how to plan the weekend? I've got plans to go to the lake house. That's what I'm doing today. I'm so excited. Uh, But it is going to be a little wet. PM showers. Showers in the late afternoon, maybe early evening. Partly cloudy. Scattered showers. High of 61 at least. That's nice. Low of 43. Partly cloudy tomorrow. Temperatures dip back down. High of 52. And overnight lows around 33. And then we may be looking for a slight chance of rain to come back Wednesday into Thursday, says Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. I think this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Try to do this twice an hour, but at least once an hour. The things you need to do in the landscape this weekend, if, if nothing else, these are the seasonal, the timely things that you can easily get done and still feel accomplished if you don't have time to do all the big projects. So number one, we're going to talk to Walter here in just a little bit about winter pruning, what can be pruned and what can't be and by how much. But get to pruning most of your ornamental shrubs. That has to be done before the new growth begins in the spring. But the spring flowering shrubs, I I alluded to this earlier, like the azaleas, the rhododendrons, do not prune those now. All those spring flowering things you want to prune right after they're finished blooming because almost immediately, I think after maybe the heat of the summertime, those things start setting buds for the following year. So you can guarantee if you go out and look at an azalea or rhododendron right now, they've already got the buds on them that are going to open here in just a couple of months. So do not prune those. But uh, most of your ornamental shrubs, that's fine. Do that now. Uh, they they do have the buds that are set to open in the spring. That That is the spring flowering things. Okay, moving on. Number two, keep compost piles moist for decomposition to continue. It's not going to be a problem right now with all the rain we had yesterday. And even though it's cold, that should still be staying warm. You know that you see that steam coming off of it. All of that good organic material is working on decomposing for you. Build a structure right now if things are going to dry out a little bit this weekend. If you have some time, get some pallets. You can go online and find some really cool ways that folks build structures for their compost piles. And number three, protect plants for the cold. So I don't see that we have any really, really low temperatures. I mean, it may get down to 33 tomorrow, Tuesday. So yeah, parts of North Georgia, we may hit freezing, but Everybody else, it's it's going to stay a little warm this week. But to uh, to protect the plants for the cold, if the freeze is expected, just make sure the soil around all of your outdoor plants has been well watered. And plants in the containers, you've done this on your back deck, on your patio, everything in the containers, just group them close together, bunch them together on that patio, on that porch, up against the house, just somewhere that it's a little bit sheltered and protected. And be sure that tender plants like pansy beds, man, those those really took a hit on Christmas, but they're starting to bounce back pansy beds or emerging bulbs, you see some of that little bit of green now coming up out of the ground. Just keep those well mulched and well watered and they should be just fine. And you've got to continue to deadhead those pansies too. If you want continuous blooms, I've got the cool wave ones, which are pretty neat in a hanging basket. They're kind of cascading over it a little bit, but nevertheless, if the deer haven't sheared them off already and deadheaded them for you, that's up to you to keep up with. So easy things to do this weekend. 404 
872-0750. Want to hear from you. Your garden calls, your garden questions. Going to do my best to help you out. We have Walter Reeves coming up here in just a little bit in less than 10 minutes. And meteorologist Kirk Mellish. You've heard him for years, for decades, as a matter of fact, here on WSB. But get to know the guy behind the weather. He's really an interesting guy. A lot of fun to talk to. So I definitely have some questions as it relates to gardening with the job that he does. And he listened to Walter's show for years, I know. So they were two of the foremost experts to go to when just random things happened and we needed explanations. You know, speaking of random things, who knew back in February when I took over this show, show just as Walter was retiring and I was starting to to build up, we would hit a pandemic. I mean, that was probably the scariest thing as if starting the show wasn't hard enough. Okay, a pandemic. And sales were through the roof at Pike Nursery stores around Metro Atlanta. Everybody thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to be home and we're going to have a shortage on food and there's a run on everything at the grocery store, I want to go ahead and start planting my own stuff. So there was a shortage of seed. There was a shortage of plants at at the nurseries for gardening. So hopefully that's not going to be the case this year. But uh Definitely something unusual. So that was really neat to step into that role back in March and April. Uh, it was on the Weather Channel talking about things to do with the kids and staying home and activities you could do as a family. People just interviewed Walter and I kind of like, hey, we're, we're new to this gardening thing. We're now kind of paying attention. Do you have any advice? So hopefully that trend will continue. I will give you my best advice. I can guarantee you that through 2021. But I still want to learn from you and all of the experts and the friends I've made through the show. You'll still hear a lot of those voices, too, coming up in 2021 as guest experts, maybe even filling in for me as well, too. I love just picking the brains of people in different sectors and what may interest you, what you may perk up to. So going to talk to Ron in Sharpsburg and others at the bottom of the hour after we visit with Walter Reeves. You're listening to 95.5 WSB and this is Green and Growing. Welcome to 2021. We'll be back. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to the uh, second half hour of Green and Growing. And if you missed the beginning of the show at 6 o'clock, Happy New Year and all of that. Two days into the new year, it's going to be a good one. It's got to be. It doesn't really have a choice, does it? So 404-872-0750, taking your calls. And we've got some some fun people coming up here in just a minute. Walter Reeves, meteorologist Kirk Mellish, Pike Nursery, all of that. We're going to squeeze all that into the show before 9 o'clock in your calls. So as I teased ahead... And you're on the edges of your seat waiting to hear from Ron in Sharpsburg. Here he is on the phone right now. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Uh, Happy New Year. And um, I have uh, planted last spring 10 Arbor Vivite trees. And I'm concerned because the neighbor next to me uh, about eight years ago planted a whole row of trees. Mm-hmm. And he uses a, he used a tree spade and they removed that protective burlap covering around the base of the tree. The contractor I had put these in did not remove that burlap sack, and I'm wondering, is that going to affect the width and the height or growth of these trees over time or have caused any other problems? 
I don't think so, but to to keep the burlap in place, there was like the the wire basket. Hopefully, they at least took that away, right? I believe so. I would hope so. My goodness. Um, yeah. So no, the burlap actually. I mean, you you can pull it back and kind of still leave it in the ground, but even if it's up around the root ball, um, I think it's just fine. Absolutely. Now, is it the the only thing? I guess you know most of the nurseries that that are worth their weight do have just the natural uh, burlap, but you've got some that maybe are treated or maybe that some that have like a coating, like maybe a little bit of vinyl or something. That should actually be removed completely. But I think, you know, I mean, come to think of it, if it is just a reputable nursery and it's regular burlap, I think it's okay to have kept it in. Okay. I was just worrying about the roots expanding out, having to force its way through the burlap um, into the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, burlap, I guess, is strategically used, you know, because it's kind of meshy um, and all that. And those roots grow so, so strong. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a result, if it did have trouble struggling through the burlap, of course, what you don't want to happen is the, the roots to, you know, not be able to force their way through. And they're just going to be trained to almost go kind of circular, you know, and ultimately choke out the tree. So maybe keep an eye on it. Um, and if you have some, some wherewithal here when the ground is softened up a little bit or something, go out and just kind of really loosen up the, the dirt around that, maybe break up some of the burlap. Hopefully they didn't plant it too deeply. That is one of the, the worst mistakes they could have made too. Just, you know, that the root flare or whatever needs to be, the collar needs to be right at the top of the ground. So make sure of that too, Ron, if you want to go out there and double check the work, make sure it's not just looking like, a pole that's completely straight into the ground. You see a little bit of that flare coming up above the soil to make sure it wasn't planted too deeply. Okay, and then uh, they did plant them. Uh, well, we we measured them off the neighbor's trees, mm-hmm. which are about six and a half feet apart. But they should mesh apart and uh, you know, creating a big column probably within three or four years. You think? Yeah, probably. They're, Man, they're, 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 they are ten feet tall. To start with. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They should fill in pretty well then in three or four years. I mean, when I moved into my house, um, they were already well, well established. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I no closer than six feet for sure. So that's probably going to be fine. And make sure they stay watered. I mean, fall and winter is the best time to get trees and new shrubs established for sure, but they cannot dry out. I mean, this is the, the beginning of, you know, it living in your yard for decades. So you've got to do it right these first few months and really make sure it stays watered and even into the summertime too, that's really going to set a trend for the rest of its life. So that's kind of on you, you know, set a little reminder or whatever. If it's been a dry week or something, go out there and give it an inch of water. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck, Ron. Thank you. And, and happy holidays. All right. Thank you. All right. Glad you called 404 Someone calling in on the hotline. It's Walter Reeves. It's time to talk about winter pruning and boy, do I have questions. Walter's Wondering. wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves. Walter, Happy New Year. Am I the first one to wish you a Happy New Year? Probably not because it's January 2nd. Exactly. There was a couple (laughs) yesterday, but you can be in the line. You're in the very first of the line to wish you a Happy New Year, Ashley. Woo, we made it, and I can't wait. So Ah. let's say we had a successful year, even if we didn't in the garden (laughs) in 2020. It's a fresh start. Declare success, move forward. That's what I'm going to do. I had some things that worked well in 2020. There were a lot of bad things that happened, but we're not going to think about that right now. We're going to think about the road ahead. Here it comes. This is what we need to do now. 
be even more successful in the next year. You know, and I can guarantee with a lot of folks having spent so much more time at home and their families working from home and the, and the kids doing some classes at home as well, they noticed a lot of things that been in their landscape that they really hadn't paid attention to or they started spending more time outside being like, man, this tree's gotten overgrown or man, these shrubs <laughs> never used to be this big when we planted them. So I yeah. kind of wanted to focus, start the new year off on a huge garden topic that's just always, there's an abundance of calls on proper pruning for trees and shrubs. How do you feel about that? I think that's great. Let's do it. All right. So one of the more recent here in the winter months, the calls that I've received are cutting back evergreens, whether it's arborvitae or Leland cypress or something like that. Folks either have concerns with some branches that are browning or if they're oversized. So let's talk about that. Well, since you're not, they're not blooming, we don't have to worry about you know, timing the pruning to make sure we don't hurt any blooms. So that's good. If you wanted to do the very best timing for pruning in evergreens or arborvitae lilies and cedars and stuff like that, it would be during the spring when there's just been a little bit of growth on them. There's been a two or three inches maybe at the ends of the branches. That is the time when the tree is the most stimulated, I guess, to make to recover, to cover up any holes or any stubs that you've left and things of that nature. So if you want to time it perfectly, spring, probably in early early April, late March, somewhere in there, when there's just a little bit of growth on them. But quite honestly, here's a secret, actually. You can prune those darn evergreens just about any time you want to. You're not going to hurt them particularly. You're just going to leave stubs that last for longer or shorter. So if you want to prune them now, go ahead and do it. If you want to prune them in June, go ahead and do it. It won't hurt them. But if we're pruning off some of the browning branches, do we only go back to where, you know, the dead growth begins or do we just take the whole yeah. limb out? I think that what you said at first is right. Where the, where the brown growth ends and the green growth begins, that's where you cut it back to. Leland cypress, you know, those are famous for being good um, shading trees, you know, privacy hedges type deals. So if you didn't want them tall, and they are, oops, you probably shouldn't have planted Leland cypress. But if we wanted to reduce the size, whether horizontal or vertical, is that something we need to do in stages? Or do we just go out there with a chainsaw and do it all at, at once? If you want to have an argument, go to England. Just go to a pub there and say, who believes in pruning Leland cypress? And half the people in there will say, yes, I believe in pruning Leland cypress. Who doesn't believe in it? The other half of people will say, we don't believe in it. It's a huge <laughs> fight because some people prune them, some people don't. But they're pruned nonetheless in every shape and form and size and height and width that you could ever imagine in England because that's where they mostly started growing before they even came to the Americas. Hmm. I think of boxwoods, but Leland cypress over there? Gosh, yeah. They, do you know where Leland Cypress originated? No. had this quiz before. Uh-uh. Wales, where wow. Leland Cypress came from. Okay. And so the, that environment, that you know, Great Britain environment, coolish uh, late in the summer a little bit, lots of sun. And it, when they got to Georgia, of course, Leland Cypress said, wow, this is fabulous. So it used to be growing to 20 or 30 feet. Now it's 40 and 50 or 60 feet. So leaves in Georgia explode in size. And they plant a little bitty one-gallon, three-gallon Leland Cypress by the corner of your house. In about five years, he's like, man, I wish I hadn't put it that close to the house. It's bigger than the, taller than the roof is now. And one of the other things that may sometimes grow too close to the house, Walter, are crepe myrtles. Two kinds of cuts that you do when you're pruning. One's called a thinning cut, where you take a limb all the way back to where it originates. The other is a heading cut. Heading is where you cut a limb in half to make more sprouts at the ends. And for a crepe myrtle that's close to the house, I'm almost always going to say thinning cuts, meaning cut all any limb that you think is too long. Cut it all the way back to where it originates. That way you're going to control the width and the height a little bit more than you will with a heading cut. 
you can <laughs> control the height and the width of a crepe myrtle pretty well with the uh, with the thinning cuts, so they go all the way back. Mm-hmm. So if you got one that wants to be 30 feet high and you want it to be 10 feet high, go in there now where you don't have any leaves on it and start thinking, well, if I cut this limb here and I cut that limb over there, I cut this one here, that would reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. And then in the summertime, you'll have some growth that will reoccur on the crepe myrtle, but it won't be nearly as explosive as you'd have to do. You know, you bring up a good point about all of the trees now, with a few exceptions, not having the leaves on them. So it's a great time to be able to see the branch structure, whether there's any limbs that cross over one another, or just one area of the tree is a little more crowded than another. So generally speaking, some of our you know, more ornamental kind of landscape trees. Could we do a little maintenance pruning here and there now? Yeah. Looking for those co-dominant trunks. That's the biggest thing you can do in a landscape is look for a trunk that has split and become two trunks that are both about the same size. They're called co-dominant trunks. And eventually, maybe sooner, maybe later, but one of them is going to give and it'll fall. And if it's big, it can fall in your house, your car, yourself. And you don't want that to happen. So you either cut one of them out completely or you shorten one of them so it's not as strong, not as um, vigorous in growth. And that will leave the other ones to grow a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, and it'll become the dominant trunk of the tree. But having two dominant trunks, co-dominant trunks in a tree is definitely a bad thing for the future. All right. When gardeners and landscapers want to tidy things up, they start looking at their hedges, their shrubs, their bushes, and they're like, okay, I want to prune these, right? So several reasons to prune some of your shrubs. Sometimes you just want to train or direct the growth in a certain way, or you want to control the shape and the size, right? So there are ideal times to plant certain or to prune rather certain shrubs so this pruning calendar that you have had on your website forever and ever and ever is published in the AJC years ago still on WalterReeves.com kind of breaks it down into new wood old wood so let's start with some of these shrubs they bloom on branches that are grown during that season so pruning something like that, maybe for an example, um, a Rose of Sharon or Beautyberry, Abelia, something like that. What is the rule of thumb on the shrubs that flower and bloom on branches that have just grown? You can prune them just about any time. If the blooming wood grew last year, like hydrangea, some of the hydrangeas anyway, then you wouldn't prune them in the spring because they're still they're going to make flowers for you in a month or so. The plants that are going to bloom later in the, in the year, the uh, panicle hydrangeas, the abelia, like you said, rose of Sharon, all those can be planted, can be pruned, excuse me, can be pruned in the spring with no problem at all. And in the wintertime, too. I think gardeners' yeah. hesitations to prune things really hard in the wintertime is they worry that that cut, that open cut on that plant, makes right. it susceptible to a winter freeze. And it's not. Okay. Tree, trees and shrubs are still able to acclimate themselves to any damage that's done during the wintertime. If we were in New England or Michigan or places like that, there are other precautions you would do about pruning, but we're in Georgia. And so as, as a rule of thumb, honestly, don't worry about their susceptibility of freezing or something like that. We can prune just about any time with no worries. I guess the bigger worry, Walter, now that I think about it, kind of logically is not so much worrying about the wood itself or the open cut freezing but what the prune does like if we were to have cut things a month or two ago sure you prune it you cut it but that's going to invigorate new growth and what you're really worried about is the new growth not being being strong enough to withstand a freeze right exactly so if you prune some things back in like october september in each year you have enough warm weather after that pruning in the early fall 
you do get a lot of green growth. And so the opposite of everything that blooms on new wood is the shrubs that bloom on growth that occurred the previous year or old wood. You mentioned hydrangeas. Yeah. We've got forsythia, rhododendrons, things like that. So you said the rule of thumb on pruning those right after they bloom. Rhododendrons are both the same, of course, after they bloom. So just wait till after they bloom, you prune them fine for another couple of months with no worries at all. Not hurting any flowers after they finish flowering. And can that be to maintain the size too? And we're talking about taking out multiple limbs or reducing the size back. Oh yeah. I did a azalea a couple of years ago now that was easily nine feet tall. Oh. I cut that bad boy down to about three. <laughs> wow. I did it in May. I remember doing it when it was hot and I was sweating outside. Pull all those limbs and leaves and things. I thought, man, this thing looks like it's been murdered, massacred out here. <laughs> the next year, it had more flowers than you could shake a stick at. It was so happy to be smaller. All the vigor of the bottom roots just went into just a smaller volume of limbs and stuff. And so it bloomed great. Yeah, but the energy. Flower, the energy doesn't have to spread yeah. as far through the plant. Yeah, yeah, mm, exactly. Nice. Finally, before I let you go, just the things that produce foliage. And no flowers, so we think of evergreen shrubs, you know, hedge shrubs, yeah. holly, uh, what, cherry laurel, I don't even know, euonymus, Ew, yeah. euonymus, those things. <laughs> so those, oh, and privet too, but those are a little more forgiving about being pruned, right? Yeah, those all four that you mentioned just now were all, whatever the pruner's in your hand, and the blade is sharp, whatever you walk past them, whatever you think about it. Go ahead and prune them there. It's not going to hurt them to prune a euonymus in the middle of the summertime. It won't hurt a cherry laurel to prune it in the middle of the summertime. It won't hurt privet to prune it any time you want to prune it all the way down to the ground. Privet, ah, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I wasn't a big fan of many things on that list. Okay, so where can folks find their hedges and their shrubs they have in their landscape on a list that tells them exactly when to prune it? Why, WalterReeves.com. Just type in the search line, shrub pruning or pruning calendar, something like that. It'll take us to the page that has a great big list and put on your garage wall and refer to it anytime you want to prune. Folks, that's one of the ones. He, he hit the nail on the head there. You print it out, put it in the garage right next to the lawn care calendar that you can also find at WalterReeves.com. Pick the grass that you've got, print out the one-page calendar that reminds you what to be doing You know, each month, what time of year. And bam, you're you're already like a, a very smart gardener, just having those two things taped up in the garage and in the shed. So, Walter, thank you so much for anybody that missed any of this great advice. At the end of the show, it's going to be available this, uh, this same segment with Walter at WSBRadio.com. And click on On Demand to listen to it again or find it on Spotify and Google Play. Hey, Happy New Year. How about we have you back next Saturday? I think I'm ready to have a conversation on vegetable garden maintenance. Maybe some folks kind of... Uh, yeah. Forgot about it for the last two or three weeks just to get through the holidays. So maybe it's time to play catch up. It's early in the year, but you can still do things to get prepared for vegetable gardening this spring. Sure can. Let's do it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Ashley. Just about to wrap up our number one. Want to hear from you, your garden resolutions, your New Year's resolutions as it relates to being outside or what you got for Christmas. Share that with us. Some exciting plants, some cool garden tools, 404-872-0750. In the meantime, a check of the weather sponsored by Finley Roofing and Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz says, yeah, showers later today. They'll be scattered. It's going to be partly cloudy. Otherwise, high of 61, low of 43. Partly cloudy tomorrow. Only a 10% chance of 
Showers, though, high of around 52 and low of 33. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. So with a low of 33 tomorrow, and then it's going to dip down a little bit again on Tuesday. Number one, protect plants for the cold. I hope you've been doing that all along. But if a freeze is expected, make sure that the soil around all outdoor plants has been well watered. And just assuming you got mulch down there, which is good too. Plants in containers, though, those can be grouped close together, just kind of like we all huddle together when it gets cold. They can be grouped together on your porch or your patio, up against the house maybe, just sheltering them a little bit from the elements. And things that are planted in the ground, like pansies or new greenery that's emerging from some of your bulbs that are ready to bloom in the spring, make sure those are mulched well. Of course, use pine straw or bark, something like that, and that's going to keep those plants protected through the cold months. Number two, get to pruning most ornamental shrubs. Thank you to Walter. We just had a great conversation on that. That's got to be done before the new growth begins in the spring. So, Wintertime, great time to do that. But as he mentioned, the spring flowering shrubs like azaleas, like rhododendrons, they've already set the buds for the spring. And you can see those if you look really closely. So you do not want to prune right now the things that flower in the spring. You always prune those right after they bloom. And number three, keep compost piles moist for decomposition to continue. And right now, I don't think you need to get out there with the hose. I think it's plenty wet. Uh, Even though it's cold, though, you know all of the microorganisms are working in that. They're steaming. They're still staying warm. All of that good organic material is decomposing. And y'all know to throw some great things in there. I mean, even pine cones and, of course, all your garden waste. And, I mean, there's so many good sources online if you are new to composting, what you can and can't put in there. Um, I even noticed uh, a pretty large coffee chain, sometimes in a basket right beside the counter, they will be offering you coffee grounds. So take those, take that and run with it for sure. And even like a steel, like a metal bowl with a lid, of course, if that's what you want to keep set aside somewhere in the kitchen for your scraps. Not a huge size because you don't want to let all those things pile in there for days to where the smell just gets unreal but if it'll hold two or three days worth of kitchen scraps it's got that lid on it and then you're able to carry it out into the garden every you know a couple times a week and empty that that's going to be great for your compost you're gonna be really happy you did all of this come springtime when you have all of that great material to do some planting so almost seven o'clock time for celebrity gardener when we return WSB meteorologist Kirk Mellish joins me. Really excited about that. And we'll be talking a little bit about birding, too. Some of the observations that I've noticed with my birds and just how happy they were over the holidays. I have some tips for you there coming up at 7 o'clock. And again, your calls, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. Thanks so much for being here in 2021 for Green and Growing. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.